Welcome to the TX Water Polo Podcast. The wait is over. The prep season is finally here. Plus, we cover some of the outstanding age group and collegiate water polo that's coming up. It's James Smith here in Austin, Joe Linehan in North Texas. Hi, Joe. Hi. Prep season? I just call it high school season. No, preps. you got to call it preps because you include both those preparatory schools and the high schools, and it's shorter. And they're all high schools to me. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, fair enough. I'm t- uh, from the sort of journalistic perspective. When we were publishing a lot of stuff at Total Water Polo about high school, saying preps was actually much more direct, and it might not be 100% accurate, but it's good enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. No, but I'm excited. It, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, are, are you ready to start just speculating, you know, wildly about how this season is is going to take place? I will not be speculating wildly. I'll be giving my opinion on stuff. That's oh, is that it? it? <clears throat> to me, it's one and the same. Like, um, obviously, um, it can be a little bit difficult because I, I don't get a chance to see all these teams play until the end of the season. Not really. I mean, I, we we can we'll pick and choose some select tournaments that we might go to. But in case you didn't know, state is actually pretty big, and getting from one area to the other can be a little bit difficult. And you know, we both have other stuff to do. So, but. Regardless, we've uh, we have a good way to kick off the season, which is we've uh, we've impaneled a group of coaches and they will be reporting back to us on a weekly basis about their rankings of teams. And preseason rankings are fun because there hasn't been a single bit of competition so far. So we got some very good responses uh, for both the boys and the girls. And we'll also talk about um, the upcoming competition uh, that's starting today, which is incredible to me. But. First, maybe we we go over a little bit about the girls. Um, uh, last year's champions, Foster, are still on the top five, but uh, there's some there's some other results that are interesting as well. Yeah, the rankings are. And by the way, yeah, for everybody that's listening, this is not James and I. We do not vote on this. We have uh, opinions, but you're right. Yeah, the rankings are the preseason rankings for the Texas high school girls are Foster one, Denton Geyer two. Louisville Flower Mound three, St. Agnes four, and South Lake Carroll five. That is right. by the panel of coaches. That's so by again, the panel. Uh, Foster one, Geyer two, Flower Mound three, St. Agnes four, and South Lake Carroll five. Okay, I think those are. I, I think that's pretty cool. I've heard very good things about Geyer as well. So uh, they 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 came in just a couple points shy of the top spot. I think, um, and and I think that there's there's a a lot of uh, observers who saw how Foster ended last season and think that they're going to continue to do so. But, uh, uh, and, and that, in addition to, there's a couple of other teams that got some votes, Marcus, Jersey village, clear Springs. They're a bit bef- behind the top five, but still they got some votes. Um, but that's it. Top five, Foster guy or flower mound, St. Agnes and South Lake Carroll, which is good. I mean, I think that's an accurate kind of, kind of representation of how the teams kind of finished last year. Um, I think, Geyer's going to be strong. I think they lost maybe one one or two impact players, but they have a very strong base coming back. You know, Foster, um, obviously, they won the state championship last year. I, I, I think Geyer gave them a run for their money in the state semifinals, and uh, they lost a couple big girls last year, So, right. and which is which is kind of tough to replace. But I think, you know, Scott's going to get – Scott's going to have them ready to play, and they're going to be a tough out for anybody. And uh, and Caitlin Kelly does a great job down at St. Agnes. Yeah, and they're they're always competitive. Yeah, they have a great coaching staff there with yeah with yeah we have with Chris Ellis there and a couple uh, uh, like kind of others on, on the staff, and and then Flower Mound has a couple of uh, like 
a, a couple of really tough girls. So I think it's an accurate representation. So it's going to be interesting. And again, this list will be completely different at the end of the season. So well, do you well do you think there's anybody who could come and surprise? I mean, I, I think that that's I think you're right. Like I think that's a pretty decent assessment of the way that the top four, let's say, is going to finish uh, is going to finish. But uh, maybe we're missing a team. I think I mean I think Jersey Village. I think Clear Springs. Uh, one team I think is that that's yeah that's going to do well. It's going to be Cycree. Yeah, I, think, I was a little surprised. I, I think Chandler that. does a great job with those kids there, and I think they have a great swim team this year too. Um. And uh, was it um? I think they'll be kind of right there with, yeah, with yeah, with everybody else. I mean, he's won a couple of girls championships here over the last five years. So, exactly. I mean, I, I, I think that'll be the like like the sleeper that's not mentioned here for sure. Well, uh, one, that that sort of segues into a little bit about um, the voting process, and so this is a way to get these coaches to respond. We got a good response, but there are more of you out there, and you know who you, who you are. Like if you uh, if you disagree with these rankings, then go ahead and submit them to me um, as we begin to do that next week. But we also got the boys' um, rankings, and I doubt that it'll be any surprise whatsoever. Here's how the coaches voted: St. Mark's. And it wasn't close. Uh, St. Mark's, Foster, Flower Mound, Geyer, and Strake. Um, and those top four, again, were were reasonably close together. Um, but uh, it, th- that strikes me as being about right as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think St. Mark's deserves. I mean, they've won five of the last six state championships. Obviously, Mihai does a great job with his staff and his team, and they're always going to be competitive there. Um, again, I think Foster uh, returns a lot of their team from last year, and that was a great game there. In the, I, I think it went yeah. to overtime last year, right? Great game. Yep. And um, I think, uh, like again, Geyer and Flower Mound, they're going to be tough. I mean, I think Geyer last year, I think they ended up having to play Foster in the first round, yeah. but I think they were probably a top five team last year too. But they ended right. up getting ninth place. Oh uh, yeah, just Flower Mound is probably going to be one of the deepest teams out there. They're gonna have a great, uh, like a couple of uh, very strong kids that are that that are gonna be seniors that are gonna be leading like are gonna be leading the way and they've always been there in the state uh, semifinals and finals the last few years. And then Strake, I mean, I, I, I think Strake is one of those teams that is gonna be deep. They're gonna be tough. I think there's gonna be some other very good teams out, out there as well. I mean, like like you know Lamar and uh, and Cy Creek, the Woodlands has always been strong. So Dawson, uh, yeah, Dawson, yeah. I mean. Uh, I think that's where Daniel Cox is now coaching and, uh, and they have a great uh, young team down there. So it's, so it's going to be a, a lot of fun to see how it all kind of shakes out. Yeah. I know nothing about them. I mean, I know Daniel obviously, but the, um, they received a vote and I just didn't realize that they had the kinds of players that, that drew the attention of the coaches from throughout the state. So throughout the state. So um, that's going to be super interesting. Um, so those results, I don't think are any surprise. And you mentioned a couple other teams. Is there anybody else that we might be missing in that top, say five to 10? Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's always loss of for both boys and girls from Austin. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and I think Round Rock has done a good job with the girls. Um, Anderson, I think for boys, right? Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah. And that's, that, that's from the West region. I think from North, you probably have Marcus, like, you know, it's going to be like, and then uh, obviously I think uh, South Lake Carroll got some votes as well. Yes. So, and yeah. And, and I think it's going to be, it's, it, yeah, it's a toss up because, you don't know who's going to make the grades. Like you don't know, Hey, or is everybody that is supposed to be playing going to be playing again this <laughs> yeah, year? Right. So, I mean, and also like, you know, who has the, 
stud incoming freshman that has been playing club for five years. Yeah, especially you know, on the girls' that side. That is going to have a like is going to have the major impact. But I think you know, kind of Foster and yeah, and St. Mark's and Geyer. I I think that's like the top three right there for sure. Yeah. On the All right. Side. Well, that's that's a that's a pretty good way to wind up some punditry on our part. Um, just to remind everybody that there will be emails going out to these coaches that uh, will remind them. I, I'm hoping to submit their rankings per week. We will also be nominating players of the week. There should be a form online for that soon. So that's open to anyone, parents, fans, coaches, whomever. That's totally fine. Um, and we'll uh, try to award offense, defense, and rookie of the week awards for both boys and girls. Um, for now, I think it's going to be sort of a, uh, a Sports Illustrated thing. I know it's not like we're so flush in money that we can just throw gear out to whoever wins these weekly awards. But maybe at the end of the season, when we do Player of the Years, I think that's what we'll do. But um, yeah, but, tell uh, yeah, but the kids are going to get their picture, a little story on the TX Waterpole website, and all this is going to be on the TX Waterpole website. That's and- it. And we're also going to be asking the coaches to submit scores and just try to list all the scores on the website as well. So, as best as possible. And I mean, that's going to be up to the coaches to please uh, submit your scores just so we could have an accurate kind of listing of the scores. It's not going to be 100 percent accurate, but at least we're, we are, we're going to try to have kind of one place with all we are with all the scores. So. Can you imagine if we actually got every single score of every single game for the high school season, it, it would, it would be brilliant, but um, be great. it's but it always been anywhere, difficult. So. No, nowhere. I, I, I did the same thing back in uh, the Bay area and it was absolutely actually throughout the entire state of California and the response rate was not so great. And then you would think that parents would be into it. Like they would want to report these things, but anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out, but that's, that's correct. We'll put the, we'll put all that out there that as we receive it and, uh, and share it with everybody. Um, competition is starting today, right, Joe? Yeah, and we're and we're gonna get the uh, yeah to that after the break. It's incredible. Yep, uh, uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk about there's a uh, several tournaments this weekend, and but there's actually competition this Tuesday. Team deflection, balls loose, Yaustra, ball game. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com slash donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at Smith now. Thanks, guys. James and Joe back with you on the podcast. Uh, we mentioned that for high school athletes games are starting this week in fact today i think you mentioned that foster even has weekday games uh planned for today i don't know everybody that has the weekday games this week but i think foster has some games i think the debt and isd schools are playing each other uh today so yeah i mean there are like the official uh yeah just season starts today like the like the official competitions it's gonna be fun it's incredible because um, you know there's it's such a frenzy. UIL swim championships were just this fine, this last weekend, uh, right. Saturday, and so here we are. We're starting games on Tuesday. At, um, 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 it, and I would say that it's the earliest that it's ever started for at least my region in the West. Like we're there are games coming this Saturday, which is by far the earliest that this region has ever played games. So very good news. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's games, uh, there's tournaments this weekend, and yeah 
in yeah in your region at Longhorn. There's I think four different tournaments in Houston. Incredible. Um, there's going to be and then I think there's two different tournaments in North Texas. So um, there's I mean there's a place for everybody to play. Uh, I think it's great the teams. I mean just the more and more tournaments we have, like the more and more games, the more experience all these kids get. So yeah, that's great. What uh, and and but yeah, yeah just but but before we go on, yeah, it's a it's a very tough little uh, transition from going to the state high school swim meet this past weekend, which is a long event all day, Friday, all day, Saturday. Yeah. And then you have to travel with the kids and then just, yeah. And just, uh, just trying to catch up on, on, on Sunday, Monday, and then going right into high school, uh, water polo season. A lot of these coaches have already started practice a couple weeks ago, but now it's going kind of right in. And in a couple of years, the coaches are going to be able to relax a little bit and go right <laughs> yeah. into club season. Right. But, Right now, for this year and next year, uh, it's going to be still this, yeah, this, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the same transition. But so I think some coaches are looking forward to that up, yeah, that break that's going to be after the high school swim season in 2022. But mm-hmm. 20 and 20, uh, uh, 21 is going to be that boom, boom, boom. But uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and it's and it's and it's kind of interesting if you look at the on kind of how the competitions are set. Every region's a little different. Yes. Quite. And like, you know, kind of kind of, for example, you know, the Houston, who has been doing this the longest, like the two Houston regions, they have their re- like their district game starting next week. And those right. are during the week games. And then they also kind of complement that with the like the like the Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday tournaments each week. So there's lots of games almost every day of the week, except for Sunday in Houston. Right now in North Texas, where there's a ton of teams playing. Um, there's not as much during the week games. There's the, yeah, there's actually no districts. So the way that, yeah, the, yeah, the way it works in the North region is like the coaches kind of get together. There's a, there's a coaches committee and they rank the top 12 teams after all the, like they take all the results. They, Mm. yeah, they rank the teams and, um, and they take the top 12 teams kind of, yeah, just uh, make it to regions Yes. for both boys and girls. And then, and, yeah, and then for regions, it's the top four and top, uh, yeah, the top four boys and top four girls go to state. In Houston, yeah, like you have to qualify, yeah, for regions through your district uh, games. That's kind of how it's going to be once it becomes a UAL sport. The primary reason why the Houston or the, or the North Texas people don't do that is there's just – not everybody at this time can actually host games. Right. And they don't have clocks. They don't have the capability of, or the knowledge or the know-how you got to host games. And the Houston regions are light years ahead of both the West region and the North region as, yeah, as, as far as the cap or the number of teams that can are capable of hosting kind Uh of like light during the week games. So there are some major differences on how stuff is kind of put together for sure. Yeah, that's what's one of the most interesting things about the states is just the 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 state that is is just how different the regions are in that regard. Um, one thing that I was hoping I, I have I haven't seen any of the schedules so far. I know that the West Region tournament this weekend is exclusively teams from the West, but I wonder if and how many teams are traveling from from you know the North Region to to Houston this weekend and throughout the season. Um, that's some of my favorite part of the high school game is when you see these regional powers, if you will, playing one another uh, in during the middle of the season rather than only at state championships. I don't, I don't think anybody's uh, crossing the regions just yet. Okay. I think that's more for after spring break. 
or during spring break. Like, you know, I know the North region teams, they'll go down to, um, yeah, yeah, like uh, they'll go down to Houston, like the Alice Maloney tournament. Mm. There's a tournament uh, that Cy Creek puts on up in Cy Fair. And I know a lot of the Houston teams, they'll come up to the Flyer Mound puts on the Texas Cup every year. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah. And there's and uh and, and I also know that some of the um the West Region teams, yeah, yeah, from Austin will come up to um for sure, yeah. Up to uh North Texas to play some games as well along the way. But um it's I mean it's I mean a lot of these teams don't have a huge budget. Of course. It's all self funded as of right of now. Of course. So, yep. you know, in order to travel, that's expensive. You know, yep. yeah, that's buses and hotels and, you know, possibly miss schools uh, and stuff like that. And a lot of these teams, they will try to keep that miss school for region championships yes. and or the state championships. So there's plenty of competition locally. So a lot of the teams will, will pretty much stay local. That's a conversation that we could have in the future, which is what you expect or how you expect things to change, even financially when UIL comes into play, right? Because it's uh, then your budgets change completely, and 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 that's an interesting course of uh, conversation. Yeah, we can talk about that uh, kind of next time. But you know, yeah. there's it's going to be mandatory district games. It's going to be right. Um, there's yeah, there's still going to be tournaments, but you know, it's I mean. You're gonna have, like kind of half your seasons uh, is gonna be set based off your district schedule. So, okay. And we don't know exactly how that's gonna happen yet. The, like, and those decisions have not been made yet. Um. So, and we don't even know. We won't even know what the districts are gonna be like until February of 2021. Yeah, exactly. And we can yeah. talk about that in a different call. So. Oh, that's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um. And you're involved this weekend as well. There's a there's all the way down in the valley, they're starting this weekend again. The earliest that uh, I think that anybody's gotten underway in that area, uh, in that region, whatsoever. Well, there's no, there's no competitions. Yeah, this weekend, what I'm doing is I'm going down there, and then we're doing a, a referee clinic, a coaches clinic, and an athlete clinic. Right. All on this Saturday at the Harlan, or at the Harlan Gene Consolidated um, Aquatic Center, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks to Yvonne and her team down there kind of, kind of for letting us come in and, yeah, and do this. I, I sent the email out a couple of weeks ago. We have 50 kids were signed up within That's like two great. or three days. That's so great. it's like, it's huge. And just to give those that don't know, we had probably two or three teams playing for a couple of years there down in the Valley mm-hmm. this past year in the spring of 2019, we had eight different schools have both boys and girls teams in a series of tournaments. Yes. This year we added tournaments and we have a ton of schools coming out of the war work that are, that are, that are wanting to play. It is, we will probably have teams that are consistently playing. And, and, and I say consistently like just playing kind of, kind of more than one or two tournaments is going to be probably 12 to 16 teams kind of from the Valley. That's incredible. Which is huge. And, um, and the way that it's going to be structured down there is they will have a series of tournaments and they're going to have their own kind of Rio Grande Valley championship. They're, there's probably going to be very few kind of during the week games. Um, the like the teams will still have the option to go up to the West Region Championships to yeah to try to qualify for right. the state championship. Yeah. 
but the but the Rio Grande Valley Championships is just going to be their own kind of standalone championship. So. That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, that, that it's a, that's so encouraging that we have these pockets that are that are cropping up. Um, and um, 16 new teams, or well, not new teams, but 16 teams overall, and I know it's an estimate, is incredible because just a couple of years ago there were three, two, three teams two, and consolidated. Two. Yeah, so, uh, just great progress down there. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, it, yeah, it's great. I mean, a lot of these teams are just they're getting ready for the UIL. They just want to start playing now. So just they don't want fall of 2021 to be the first time that they're playing. So. Right. Yeah. Is, Joe, do you have any sense for other regions? I mean, I've heard whispers about Corpus and out in uh, out in West Texas as well that might be interested in joining now that UIL is in play. I mean, but I, but I don't have any sort of evidence of it. There's 450 swim teams across Texas. Mm. That's that is that is 450 high school swim teams um, or schools that have high school swim teams. And, and right now we have about 160 teams that play high school water polo. Okay. Um, our hope is to get about, about, about 200 to 250 teams playing that first fall of 2021. I think that's a bit of a conservative number. Um, it's, you know, every school district is going to be different. Even within the school district, every school is going to be different, you know, kind of, yeah, just depending on their pool space, their, yeah, like, like, like kind of how many coaches they have. So they have assistant coaches, um, that everybody has their own different challenges Yes. and teams are and school districts are just now. I mean, there are, there are some very progressive school districts that have, as soon as October 21st happened this, yeah, this past fall, they started asking the questions, but there's a lot of school districts that are just now starting to think about how is this going to fit within our system here? Right. And most, I think a lot of schools are going to play that are currently not playing. A lot of areas are going to play that are currently not, not playing it. I mean, especially in the middle of kind of nowhere type areas. Like, and I say the middle of nowhere, I apologize if that <laughs> offends anybody. I'm, I'm saying just kind of outside the major San Antonio, kind of Austin, Dallas and the Houston areas. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to have games out in Midland, Odessa. Right. Or over in Tyler, Texas. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, and, and, and I say kind of, kind of interesting because those teams are going to have to be able to host their own games. we also have to be able to get referees out. There. That's right. Yeah. So that's a I mean, big deal. there are a lot of challenges kind of coming up and there's a lot of people working on the solutions behind the scenes. So, um, we don't know exactly who's going to play yet. Um, teams are still trying to kind of gather yeah, some information. We're trying to get that information to these schools and teams and athletic directors and superintendents. So it's an ongoing process right now. So yeah, it's still progress. It's um, the fact that we're even discussing it and we're talking to Midland, Odessa, those kinds of areas is uh, is very encouraging. I know that they had some members come to the West Region uh, meetings a few years ago, and it just wasn't viable, really. I mean, because they were going to have to play each other basically over and over again, and then travel to, in theory, travel to, to the regional championships in Austin, which is what six hours away or something like that. It's um, all right. I have a, even more. It's always viable. It's always viable. It's just we just have to come up with a solution for them. So I think for them that was what they're you know that's that's the way they put it was it was just not not they weren't ready and that's fine because now it sounds like they're much more ready and UIL obviously prompts a lot of people to change their minds so that's great anyway I think we're done with preps for the day we'll come back we have a, just a couple more minutes to cover some stuff. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warflow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. 
Welcome back. Just a few more minutes here. Uh, we're, there's a couple of events coming up. Well, actually, this last Sunday we had ODP training. Um, I led the boys' team up in Louisville, and Chris Cullen led the girls' team up in Denton, right? Yeah, Denton. Um, and so all good fun. Five hours of training. We get sort of get ready to head off to the national championships in a couple of weeks. Uh, one of my kids broke his pinky, though. That's not good news. I, 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 actually, I have two kids with injured hands. I have uh, one cadet boy um, and one uh, development boy, both of whom have broken hands. So um, we got to get that fixed within the next couple of weeks. But um, I, we, it was a good time over the weekend, and uh, now we're getting ready to to actually head off to California, beginning for the boys on February 29th in Riverside, and the girls uh, head over there on March 13th. Yeah, are you excited about the uh, national championship trip? I am. I, um, I, I, you know me, man. I, I and you organized this for years. It's the logistics that make me anxious. It's not the games. It's nothing. None of that stuff. That doesn't. I, I, that doesn't worry me at all. It's yeah, just making yeah. sure everybody gets to their hotel and that you know nobody demolishes it like a Led Zeppelin you know hotel experience. So yeah, I, I all that stuff uh, makes me a little anxious. But you know what? It works out basically every single time. Yeah, the hard work normally is before the trip, and yeah. then you get to enjoy the trip. So, yeah. and um, and then also that same weekend, you got the Thunder Spring invite in South Lake. Um, that, that that that's gonna be probably a uh, kind of a, a full tournament for eighth grade, sixth grade, and fourth grade and under kids. Yeah, and then also the CBPA women's division starts with games and at Rice University that same weekend. So we have lots of stuff going on here with the high school season starting and a bunch of tournaments coming up too. It's going to be almost a little difficult to cover everything in the upcoming weeks because, you know, I I don't know about you, but the, for me, the high school stuff dominates the next couple months, uh, if not more, because um, it's just the, the whole theory behind total water polo was that the um, those attachments to schools are really the most passionate ones. Right. So it's like it's not a European model where your club is what what, you know, you you root for the most. It's your it's your school, whether it's middle school or high school. So or college. So. This is among my favorite times of the year when we get to actually follow these teams that are and the and the fans behind them that are the most passionate. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, and I agree. And that's why I think that clubs, they should be supporting the local high schools and vice versa. The high schools are supporting the clubs just because, you know, we're too small of a water polo world to be working against each other. We need to work together to grow the sport and, you know, and I do know in other areas of the country that, you know, there are coaches that are like, you don't need to play high school because that's, that's kind of like the gist in all club sports, you that's know, for club soccer and club swimming. And I'm like, uh, no, not here. And no. I mean, and, and, that, and that's why there is, there is club water polo kind of during the high school season for 18 and 16 and, and under athletes, but it's minimal. There's no yeah. real competitions. The practices are only probably once or twice a week if anything. Um, but th- it's also an opportunity for these clubs to focus on their younger kids Yes. and, and to have these younger kids have these tournaments that are all on their own yeah. and including, we will end the spring season with the Texas age group state water polo championships, which is the eighth grade, sixth grade and fourth grade under state championships. Mm-hmm. So they'll have their own standalone event that everybody gets to be recognized. And it's just like the high school kids. They'll get their announcements in the morning after they do well the previous weekend. And then and then they have their district games, their region games, the state games. So this is all about the recognition kind of process here. Yeah. And just getting the word out there about the sport in the eyes and ears of 
of of all the athletes, fans, and just you know the common sports people. That is just going to help grow the sport across the state. So. Yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, I think that's a wrap, though. Don't you? Sounds yeah. good. I think we're done. Yep, a prep bonanza is over. So thank you, Joe. We'll talk again in a week. Sounds good, James. Thanks to you, all of you, for listening and telling a friend about TX Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin. My better days.